Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is a live show on the 6th of December, 2012. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We don't have a guest today, we're just going to be talking at you for the next hour. But we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, so uh, we ought to just dive right in. Um, so Dave, um, do you remember those uh, 21 day free trials you used to get the antivirus <laughs> software <laughs> well it just so happens that one of the guys who invented the the, the uh, one of the most well-known pieces of antivirus software john mcafee is getting his own free 21 day trial in guatemala and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy or is it crazier uh, guy i'm not sure which yeah, I think crazy fits. Um, to recap, <laughs> this fellow named John McAfee, uh, years and years and years ago, back in the day when Jesus was riding a dinosaur, uh, when, when Dave and I were just getting involved in the internet, um, McAfee wrote a fairly brilliant piece of antivirus software, made millions and then cashed out with millions, Okay. So the dude cashes out, he's got millions of dollars, makes some pretty smart investments, um, sees his money grow and grow and grow. Um, he got totally screwed over in October 2008 like a lot of other investors, but until then, the dude was just raking in money. And he decided to go on an adventurer's life. He's the kind of fella, he, you know, he cashed out at McAfee, he's a free man with millions of bucks on him, so he's the kind of guy who would you know, go climb mountains in Tibet uh, just to see what was at the top, or... Um, you know, race rickshaws in Bangladesh just to just to show up the real rickshaw drivers. You know, that's the kind <laughs> of guy he was. Eventually, he moved to Belize and settled in a uh, small compound full of razor wire and Rottweilers and lots and lots of guns and naked twenty-year-old models. Okay, so he's pretty sane so far. <laughs> um, but then. One of his neighbors had a problem with his uh, dogs that were barking late at night, and one of those dogs ended up poisoned, and that neighbor ended up dead a week later. John McAfee vanished, apparently fearing the Belize officials were hot on his heels. But he didn't vanish too far, and he didn't vanish invisibly. He just sort of left his house and started blogging about being on the run in Belize. So for the last month, month and a half, um, internet users have been following John McAfee's exploits. I mean, th this dude, 
This dude even went as far as selling burritos to the police who were investigating his home. He was he was in disguise. Eventually, he makes it across the border into Belize or into Guatemala and gets yep. his ass arrested. So, uh, John McAfee has a free 21-day trial coming to him. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll bet. I'll bet his may even get extended. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, God, you know, I, I'm struggling to find the malware update joke here somewhere. <laughs> well, he just he just keeps giving. I mean, he, he, you know, introduced and and helped keep the internet safe, and now that's done. You know, little little more uh, on the entertainment side. So, thanks, John. Um, now, here's the yeah, you, I want to make this one point before we let the subject go. He has not been arrested for, for a suspected murder in Belize. He was arrested for illegally entering Guatemala. That's the only charge against him. Right. Good point. Yeah. So, so there know, might only be a 21-day trial. Indeed. <laughs> it's probably just an immigration hearing of some sort or another. Um, I know that he holds an American passport, and there is no international arrest warrant signed out for McAfee yet. So it's quite possible that the dude could get sent back to Miami. You know, back to country of origin. Anyway, so that's the saga <laughs> McAfee. Definitely worth watching. Um, you can't oh. make this stuff up. This is actually happening. Weird. No, you can't make this up. <laughs> um, and you know what? We're, we're talking. We're talking security. So uh, hat tip to Brasco for for catching this one and and uh, bringing it to my attention. Um, for those who don't know, Brasco is our talented engineer who brings these shows to you uh, every day. Um, over on uh, SE Roundtable, um, there's uh, sort of mad cuts revealing what happened uh, in a uh, in a hacking issue that he had. Um, Matt got hacked. Matt got hacked. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, that's I guess. Hey, even even to them, um, he brings up some good points that I think are. I mean, you know, it, it was Skype, etc. But uh, and I won't bother getting into all the details. You know what? You want all the details? Go over to SE Roundtable. Um, but to me, and I, and I'm sure to you, more than the issue of Matt cuts and his and his Skype getting hacked and and you know that that sort of side of things, is the more important point I think that we we forget about is the reason this happened and 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 he calls it out in in his description. It wasn't a weakness on his end. Um, it was a problem on the side of Skype, um, that it was actually their system that was flawed. Um, you know, notwithstanding his, like, you know, rah-rah Google, because we do it way better, um, comments, the concern, or, or I think what's really important here for us to remember is your data is only as secure as the other end, right? Like, they'll, yeah. like, hey, and you've got to have, you know, characters, uppercase, lowercase, this, that, the other thing, add some numbers in there, make sure it doesn't even kind of resemble a word and click your heels together three times and, and off you go to, to no place like home. But, um, you know, the fact is, is things are only as weak as, as the cloud um, points are. And that as soon as you put stuff out there, um, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's fundamentally a, a flawed system. I mean, you and I, we all know this. I mean, there's, there's strength in it. You know, you use the cloud. I use the cloud. We all do, where you accept the risks uh, associated with it. But I, I think, to me, these are just these constant reminders that, right, I'm only as secure as the place I'm putting my data. And if my data isn't on my hard drive disconnected from a network, it's inherently insecure. 
Um, so it's, it's good for us yet. to remember that. Or better yet, a nice, you know, two or three terabyte sized backup drive, independent of your own hard drive. You know, right, right. Like keep them separated. So I'm on. Uh, I, I'm having. A, I had a phone meeting with our with our uh, manager, Bria Jordan, yesterday, and uh, you know, we're just talking about the the business and how the the infrastructure of the business needs to be improved. And she mentions exactly what you're talking about in relation to Dropbox. Saying that until a couple months ago, I, I didn't know this, until a couple months ago, um, passwords were incredibly insecure at Dropbox. Apparently, they've mm-hmm. tightened up now. But you could type in any old thing. As long as you have the email address right associated with the account you're trying to get to, you could type in any old thing as a password and you would get access. Wow. Like, oh, my God. And so, like, we're a virtual company. We have we have people working for us all over North America, and in some cases, in some cases, um, in, in India. So, you know, Dropbox. Oh my goodness! Like, what a great what a great tool to um, easily, basically, create a file server that's accessible. Well, apparently, by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's funny because I knew they had had breaches where um, everything became available as long as you had the username. Uh, I do remember that breach. I was, I want to say a few months ago, you know, I might be dating myself here um, because it may be farther and my mind just might be, you know, thinking things are shorter. Um, But uh, yeah, I I didn't know that uh, that they'd patched a a hole that that problematic, but I mean, this. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it's really to that point, right? I mean, these, this is the, the world that we live in, and we need to be aware um, that if we're not protecting our own privacy and we're relying on somebody else to do it for us, they might not be. Yeah. Right? And that's and, just the uh, point. You know, who has the bigger incentive to uh, protect your private data? You or a uh, corporation who's never met you? Like, right. you'd, you'd, you'd think that we all live and die on our own reputations, eh? But... Funny thing is, I'm still using Dropbox, even though they had this big breach. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. I mean, it's it's a constant way off, right? Like it's it's a constant way off of convenience for um, for potential risk. But there's probably data you wouldn't put there, right? I mean, and there there is for all of us, right? There's things that I'll use. Systems I know are flawed, but we're all still use them anyway, but I am aware of the weaknesses inherent in the system, and so there's certain data I won't put in certain places. Yes. Um, you know, so that's, that's, I think it's what's really important, and, it, and I know you are, um, you know, I am, and, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, but for those who aren't, um, just think, right? Just be aware um, of, of what you're putting out, who you're giving this information to. Um, you know, we rag on Facebook all the time for it, but yet we're giving as much information, sometimes more, to completely, uh, you know, to entities that have no real concern for my personal uh, privacy and security. So, yeah, it's uh, it's truly amazing. Um, yep. uh, could you imagine? Could you imagine if your grandparents or great great trying to explain Facebook <laughs> to your grandparents or great grandparents, and just the looks on their faces as you describe? the information that gets put up there and, you know, where, how it's shared. You know, let's, let, let's assume that your grandparents had come from a generation that have never heard of something like Facebook before. Right. Uh, oh, I know. I mean, my, my grandma passed away um, about five years ago, and she justly called me all names of stupid during uh, 
during her lifetime and uh, during the, 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 the all too short time we got to spend together. And uh, in this case, she would have been absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we we do you do hit this thing, and and isn't it funny? Um, because you're you're old enough to remember the Cold War. I'm old yes. enough. To, we didn't we didn't survive the early parts of it, but I remember um, during the Cold War, and and Russia was this this evil empire, and the reason was is that the government knew everything about everybody, and they knew where they were. And isn't it interesting that in our system, what we did is is we just let you uh, put filters on it that made it look old, and 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 check in everywhere, right? <laughs> we made it cool to do instead, and are giving data that oh, you just know Stalin would look at what he. You could get on a Facebook and just salivate. Oh, uh, yeah. Mark, right? Mark, so Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> looks at the, uh, at the KGB and goes, Pikers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, we, we, we give it voluntarily. So there's, I guess, a, a bit of a difference there. So, um, other news. Other uh, other news. Anything else uh, pressing that you want to chat about? I know we've got some interesting stuff coming in uh, from under uh, from for after the break. But um, something I like, and you you know gave a hat tip to Brasco earlier. Jim, hat tip to you on this one. Nice reminder, and it's fantastic when when somebody publishes an article. And this one is over on Search Engine Watch. Um, and Jim, you brought it to my attention on advanced search operator tactics. Indeed, this is an important one for SEOs, especially like. You know when you're doing a report and you don't really feel like, you know, opening your tool set and, you know, doing the seven or eight different link clicks you have to click to get the to get one little piece of information which you could easily go and get from Google? Yep. Well, this go over to Search Engine Watch. Uh article published there this morning, um, written by Bonnie Stefanek, um, outlines ten or so advanced search op that you can use at, at, at Google or at Bing or um, at Yahoo or whatever when you're looking for information. Things like the site colon. And what this will do, will you know, if you add site colon and then the URL, you'll limit your query to search results from the domain that you specified. So site colon webmasterradio.fm, you wouldn't see all the other list all the other um, uh, uh, websites that mention Webmaster Radio, you would only see content from the domain Webmaster Radio. Uh, similarly, um, in title or all in title. If you use um, in title colon at Google, then Google will, will restrict the documents it returns to you to those containing the term that you that that you mentioned in the title, so you'd put in title whatever keyword you're looking for. It's a great way a great way to identify pages that have been updated, pages you need to work on, and uh, these are time massive time saving devices. They they certainly are, and and something I think is I mean I use the site I use it a lot. Um, a lot, and once you're aware, for for you know, many of our listeners may not know of the you know site colon 
um, and, and restricting it to the domain. And you can put either www or non, and it'll show subdomains versus you know um, you know just the www domain. Um, something I found it really handy for, and I'll mention this not to go, hey, here's a brilliant thing because it's it's an obvious extension. I'm sure you do it too, but to to remind people, hey, think outside the box and think how it works in conjunction with other tools. If you used, say, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners use Majestic, just to to list an example, like the Majestic SEO tools. If you do, say, the Click Hunter or something like that, what it'll provide to you is, hey, here's, you know, um, you, you've entered in five competitors or whatever. Here's a, a, a domain that links to five of your competitors. Okay, good, good, good to know. Um, but it's, it, it can't give the page, it just gives the domain. Well, you go site, colon, domain, and then enter the competitor name. Like it, it helps you. I, I'm able to use that to go, okay, now I want to find examples of these links. Let's go over to Google, use the site command, um, find the domain itself, and now start running searches just within that domain to try and find where are these links. Um, yeah. You know, to these other other locations, and it just really you, know, you can do it in other ways. You can pull different reports and this and that, but just speed it up, right? And and you know how how onerous link building can be. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners do. If you can take two minutes off every single link you've got to build, that adds up, man. I mean, it like, adds up fast. You're a business owner, Dave. You know. I mean, now scale this to the number of employees you have. Yep. You know, I mean, like that two minutes. That two minutes per operation. Or per task, you're talking person weeks out of a month here. Oh, definitely. Well, and I mean, you know, it's the same reason I, I say, and I know, I'm sure you've got multiple monitors. I, I mean, I use five. That might be overkill for some, but, um, you know, most of the staff have at least three here. And it's, it's for the same reason. And it's, it's a great, just if I can trim, I, I figured it out. It takes about three and a half weeks to pay for the monitor. Right in, in seconds gained on each task, right? So, okay, there you go. Right? I mean, these things—if you can just save these, you know, a minute here, a minute there, um, you're right. It, it adds up into real productivity. And the thing is, is in a lot, you know, for those of us that run companies, you you don't really get more productivity because I'm sure you bill by the hour. We bill mostly by the hour, but our clients get more bang for their buck out of it, right? And just you know, if I can get them an extra two links in that month. And their rankings go up one extra position. There you go. <laughs> There'll be a client for longer and a happier one in the duration. So, and uh, you'll have. And you know what, folks out there, you'll be happier doing your job. You'll have happier employees. Um, read this article. It will. It will. It ain't going to make you money. It's going to save you money. And that's yeah. in a small business. That's the best way to make money is to save money. Yeah, I, I liken it a lot, and, and you know, another great document for, for a lot of the same reason. Um, the SEO Moz, I'm sure you have it, is the Web Developer's SEO Cheat Sheet. I'm sure you've seen it at least once or twice, right? And it's, you download it, it's a PDF. Heck, I have it printed off. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I have it, uh, you know, tacked to my wall. Um, and, and it's a funny thing, is it's all stuff you know, right? How long should a title tag be? What's an H1? Right? Like, it's all the stuff you know, and, and so is this. I know all this, but I forget I know it. <laughs> so it's just this great yeah, little. That, that uh, also happens. Another thing that, that that happens is you're getting older. The like time flies faster and you forget shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Now we don't we don't talk. You know what's funny? I actually wrote and it wasn't able to go live today, but I, I've just finished an article for over at Search Engine Watch. And speaking of that, it totally did. It's on different search engines and their histories. Do you remember when we were mocking Yahoo for the sale? It was oh. a lack of sale, and $31 a share was offered, and it went up to $33 a share, and they said no, and it tanked to 17 and 
It was, it was 2008. <laughs> I was just like, I had to double check the number. I'm like, no, really, it can't have been that long ago. Yeah. It's like, okay, I guess it was. We've been doing radio for a long time, Jim, by the way. just. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we're actually kind of getting good at it, too. Well, we might be. <laughs> now, now that you mentioned it, this is actually it's a, it's a great segue into um, something that, that you brought up. Um, before going on the show, uh, Dave and I were just sort of you know, chatting as, uh, as, as the news wrapped up. And um, Dave, you mentioned that you were writing a report and you had to hearken oh, – I'm sorry. This was an article for, um, for Search Engine Watch and you had to hearken back to the olden days of Search Engine. So – you know, you did what we always did back in the old days. You opened the Bruce Clay Incorporated Search Engine Relationship Chart. Yep. And, um, you know, there was a time. <laughs> there was a time when there were dozens of legitimately used um, search engines out there. Dozens of them. Uh, Hotbot, AOL. Um, Dogpile. Dogpile. Fast Search and Transfer, AltaVista, Lycos, Ask Jeeves, Look Smart was a search engine. Netscape. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so there was, you know, there was lots of them. And they all had relationships with each other, either drawing information from each other, feeding information to each other, getting paid results from, from another, etc. So Dave passed on the... Um, They've passed on to me uh, a, a copy, a link to um, the Bruce Clay um, search engine relationship chart, and it's uh, pretty amazing. If you go back to November of 2002, I can't even count how many search engines are mentioned here. Uh Easily, easily a dozen or so, maybe two dozen, sorry, easily 20 or more search engines. Flash ahead 11 years to November 2011, five survived, <laughs> Google and Bing, Ask and AOL, and Yahoo. Yep. It's, um, it's, uh... I don't know what to say. I mean, it's like phenomenal, the contraction that's happened in this industry. And we're going to see more of it. We see Google gearing up to take on Amazon. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I'm telling you, friends, 2013 is going to be one of the most interesting years in, uh, in search. And it's only going to be from a couple small companies or a couple, a couple companies, behemoth companies. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. And it really, like, I, because it, it was funny. While I was writing it, one of my points right at the beginning of the article, and this is what brought me to it, is there's a, you know, it, it's gone from a large number, you know, down to a few. And what I loved, I wasn't expecting to find it on the relationship chart the, over at Bruce Clay's site. Um, but I love the slider effect that they put in where you can just sort of go year by year by year and watch it shrink down. Um, and for our listeners who haven't been there, you know, go take a peek at it. search relationship chart over on Bruce Clay. You know, you can use site bruceclay.com. Um, <laughs> um, but what it does is it shows who's getting results from whom, right? Like Bing's providing Yahoo results. So it's going over, but it's, it's a big mess of a cobweb if you go back to 2000 um, and then yeah you go up to 2011 and it's like well, this, this is information you can just you don't need a chart you just look at it now you remember right <laughs> the funniest thing about all this back in mm. back in uh, november of 2000 
there was a lot we had to know, but you know, not nearly, not not nearly as much as we as SEOs have to know today. Now we had to know a lot when there was you know two dozen or so functional search engines. But the amount of information that has to be crammed inside of your mind to do your job effectively today with only two major search engines is phenomenal. Yeah. That's what yeah, well, you could, you could play a lot. I mean, it was a nicer time. You remember ranking reports with like 20 engines? Right? It was oh. a nicer time. You could play your odds a little more and go, well, I might miss on this one, but I'll get, you know, Google's not that important, right? Like, you know, I, I got all the web, right? So I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, okay, you got two shots. That's it. You got two shots on your keyword, and, and that's about it. And really, you kind of got one. But, you know, now with the with Bing providing Yahoo, you know, they're like a quarter. You know, one in every four searches is done there. So for some sectors, great. Um, hey, Billy, you know, we moved up points on Yahoo. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> okay, Dave, we're, um, we are stealing time from the station right now. We're about four minutes over time for our first break, so I'm afraid we've got to do it now. Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We're going to our first break. That means we've got another one coming up soon, but before that other one, we've got a whole bunch of really cool content, so stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Ho, ho, ho! This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, CEO of Site Tuners, and chairperson of the Conversion Conference. I want to wish all of you a rocking fourth quarter, a great start to the new year, and higher conversions in 2013. And that's in case we're still around and the world doesn't really come to an end. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm. 
Wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 6th of December, 2012. And uh, for the next story, Dave, I want to step back in time one hour. Just one hour. Not not, not terribly challenging, but we can do it. Um, An hour ago on the Search Engine Watch weekly show, uh, Tom and Miranda brought on the director of Search Engine Watch, their their head editor, uh, Jonathan Allen, who made a neat announcement about – some of the, 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 the new things we're going to be going to see over at the watch in, uh, in 2013. And, well, <laughs> you know, as I was joking earlier, I'm never really sure I understand anything Jonathan says. He's got that Yorkshire accent. But um, from what I gather, Search Engine Watch is, you know, it's under Jonathan's tutelage in the last couple of years, Search Engine Watch has changed radically and become a way better newspaper. Um, and I think we got, he's got some cool tricks up his sleeve. He announced that in many ways, Search Engine Watch is becoming a discovery journal with uh, reviews, search features, um, answer, easy, easily findable answers to common questions. And so, so I wrote up on, my, on, on Facebook um, as, as he was announcing it, uh, Jonathan Allen, director of Search Engine Watch, is on SEW Weekly right now explaining how Search Engine Watch is moving towards becoming what sounds like a discovery journal. Interesting. So while we were on break, uh, Jonathan actually just, just posted back to, uh, to my Facebook, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting what he wrote verbatim. Although I'm doing it in a Canadian accent, so um, it mightn't be what he meant to say. (laughs) Um, Jonathan writes, uh, in in relation to the term discovery journal, that's a good way of putting it, actually. These latest features are the second stage in socializing the site. The first was was redesigned with a fundamentally social site architecture. And making it more of a network of experts to return to some of Search Engine Watch's roots as a forum, but with a more up-to-date model. The big issue in the industry is where to go find the most trusted information, and whilst whilst I think there are plenty of places to trust, Search Engine Watch can play a role in the industry to chaperone newbies in the right direction and be a place where rookies and veterans alike can get confirmation on what information to trust and also get very specific questions answered that simply can't be answered via articles. The bit I'm most looking forward to is being able to host site clinics on Search Engine Watch where anyone can chip in and analyze a site and also being able to ask to personally ask experts questions. You know what? No smart-ass remark to finish this off. Uh, no pokes at Jonathan or, or um, his accent. That's fucking brilliant! Yeah, it's a good idea now. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you would love to see that. I would love to see it. I think if somebody can pull this together, um, you know, Jonathan is, is definitely one of the people I would trust. But mm-hmm. that is a mammoth task, right? Like just, just thinking of what's required to make sure you're vetting the right things, to make sure that when these site clinics are going on, you've got a knowledgeable person vetting what somebody is saying. 
<laughs> all of this stuff. That is just a mammoth, mammoth thing. But I mean, you you called it when you were you were introing it, um, and and I completely agree. I mean, Jonathan's brought some some great changes and and has really boosted things up. Um, and then I mean, he's got a, an incredibly talented team uh, over there. I mean, not the least of which is uh, you know Miranda or Danny. Um, you know, great writers, great uh, great editors. So if somebody can pull this together, yep, they've got the team to do it. Um, but I, I think that's a lot. It, it is a big, big, big project um, yeah. that he's got going on, and I think companies have tried it and failed. So it'll be really interesting to see if he can pull it off through 2013. Well, you know, the watch, Search Engine Watch, is, uh, I don't know, I mean, uh, I, obviously, for me, I got a massive space in my heart for Search Engine Watch. Um, they were the first of the major publications. Um, they were, I mean, it was founded by Danny Sullivan originally. Mm-hmm. Um, because of Search Engine Watch, we have a popularized industry. Uh, there was a, there was a time when Search Engine Watch was the only voice in search marketing, and uh, you know if uh, <laughs> folks out there, if you can lend a hand to the folks at SEW uh, trying to pull this off, um, I think they're doing a great service. I mean, for themselves, they're a business, yes, mm-hmm. but. I think they're doing great service for the industry. You know, I love it when businesses succeed helping other people. That makes me very, very happy. Well, heck, I mean, that's what's wonderful about our whole industry, right? The most successful are people who've done good for other people. And, and, yeah, and, and, and you know, so you become profitable, too. It's great. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, uh, we, we, we didn't discuss this one beforehand, but you just jogged my memory on something I wanted to mention. Todd Malakot, Stunt Double, is publishing again. He's he's re uh, 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 what's it, reanimated his blog over at stuntdouble.com, and one of his first interviews is with Aaron Wall of SEO Book Fame, speaking of people who've made a career out of helping others. Mm-hmm. You know, so Todd Malakot, aka Stunt Double, one of one of the uh, there's not enough words to describe this guy. I mean, he's just he's just one of the smartest old time SEOs out there. He's now he's now a sea captain, eh? That's that's uh, he he seems to have backed away from the industry for a year or two to uh, try his hand at fishing charters off the coast of Florida. He's got his captain's license, and he did a stunning interview with um, Aaron Wolf, Messio Book. Check it out at StuntDouble.com when you have a chance. Um, two of the most uh, active minds in the industry sitting down to talk to each other. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's it's funny because I had written a, for for Search Engine Watch, so who mentioned that name again? A list of my top seventy eight resources, and it's interesting you bring up his name because uh, Stunt Double <laughs> was on Twitter, one of the like, and here's a resource need to follow it. I mean, even when he was off, sort of gallivanting, he was he was active, um, you know, with with advice and little tidbits here and there and and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, de- definitely an interesting uh, an interesting character, and and that. It's you called it. These are two people worth the read. I mean, I'm anxious now to <laughs> get off the air and go read the interview. <laughs> Let's talk as fast as we can, and just you know, maybe we'll we'll, we'll close the hour early or something, eh? <laughs> it's like our radio show is measured in words, not time anymore. That's right. It, Darren will rue the day he paid us by the word. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the fun one that uh, that Brasco sent over to us. Um, so, 
everyone knows that uh, that that President Obama and Eric Schmidt, um, the the chair of Google, they talk a lot. They get on. They're um, uh, I'm not going to say that they're 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 buddies, but they are certainly intellectual. Um, they, they 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 exchange ideas. I think Eric um, explains the deepest workings of the web and web business to the administration when they ask. So Eric Schmidt has been a go-to guy for the Obama administration when it comes to how the internet works. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty darn good go-to boy. So Eric Schmidt was asked to um, serve as uh, President Obama's Secretary of the Treasury or Secretary of Commerce or perhaps a, a new seat, uh, Secretary of Business. Eric Schmidt was asked to, to fill a cabinet-level position with the Obama administration, and he said no. He said, no, I can't do that. Now, that's really weird, I mean, because neither Dave or I are Americans, but we do understand the myth that when your president asks you to serve, you're supposed to say yes. There's, there's supposedly no other answer the president asked. Schmidt uh, turned it down. Um, my guess is just because Google is um, under investigation by several levels of the U.S. government. That's my guess, personally. <laughs> I mean, should a guy like Eric Schmidt, Dave, should he have a cabinet-level position? Um, well, I mean... It's it's should he like for his sake or would I be happy with somebody like Schmidt um, sitting in on the cabinet as somebody and I know you've been been with me too who has ragged on people in government who have no right to make calls on technology or is making calls on technology and business um, personally from that standpoint and when we're needing to make decisions on things like net neutrality and privacy and and this and that um, I would love to see somebody like Schmidt involved in the government at that level who can actually provide some real for real advice on how yeah. this whole mess of tubes and duct tape works um but from his from his own standpoint i mean we we've sort of talked about we were joking about facebook i mean his access to power influence and information is higher at google than it would be on the cabinet <laughs> so um <laughs> You know, I, I think he's. I mean, he's, he's. He's in a great spot, doing a great, you know, great job. Um, you know, why? Why would you give that up to go and do something that is probably at this point um, more in the public eye? Going to put you. It's hard to say, but it, it's true. Um, is going to put you under a bigger microscope. Is going to you know bring scandal on you in a way that is just different. Um, than in the business world, so I, I think for his for his personal sake, I think he probably made the right call. Obviously, he he knows what he's doing, um, but I, I would have liked to see somebody of his skill and and information and and talents um, actually a, a little more actively involved in in helping steer the government in in the in the decisions they're making in technology. Gee, you know, sadly, I hear Paul Allen's looking for something to do. <laughs> Paul Allen was one of the founders of Microsoft. Um, I think he's the fifth or sixth richest man in the United States, and uh, he was he was around in the days when Microsoft was the predatory 
organization, the one that uh, curb stomped Netscape. Right. Uh, so he's 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 not actually directly involved with Microsoft anymore. I believe he still sits on their board and cashes their checks. But uh, yeah, I think from an ethical standpoint, Schmidt made the right decision. Could you imagine if he was at a cabinet level position and Google was up on one of many investigations in front of the Judiciary Committee or in front of the FTC? Yeah. Like talk conflict of interest, eh? Yeah, no, very, very valid point. Um, so, I mean, the, and the world will continue. I mean, it is good to know that, and quite honestly, I didn't. This is something I, there would be something I would know, but I didn't know that they communicated as much. It is nice to know um, that the president and, and somebody like Schmidt are, you know, that the president has a go-to person who actually understands this industry. Um you know, it's 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 good to know that. But yeah, you're you're right for a variety of reasons. I think the right decisions were made, and uh, at the end of the day, still the, probably the right decisions for the president as well. Yeah. Well, so Schmidt comes out looking like the uh, senior statesman here. Um, gets to continue as chair of Google, conflict free. And I think next time we'll see Mr. Schmidt. Next time Mr. Schmidt goes to Washington, he'll be testifying in front of a uh, committee. <laughs> Not sitting at the cabinet table. Uh, what else do we have? It is 20 minutes. You know, we only have 15 minutes left in the show. We're going to have to take another break. So, bef- But before we do go to that break, um, this is an off-tech story. But um, our Canadian listeners, if they're old enough, will remember this. Our American listeners probably won't remember the event, but it's. I'm noting it anyway. It's an important day to me. Um, and it's a sad one. On December 6, 1989, 14, mim- 14 women were murdered, were murdered at L'Ecole Polytechnique de Montréal. Um, it's an engineering school in, in the city of Montreal. While committing the murders, the murderer, whose name I'm not going to mention, rallied against feminism. He separated male students from female students and massacred... 14 women. In all, 28 people were shot, and that had to be one of the uh, saddest days of my life. So in loving memory to victims of violence against women and to all victims of gun violence, please listen to these 14 names. These are 14 women who died on December 6, 1989, simply because they were women. Genevieve Bergeron, Helene Collin, Natalie Coltou, Barbara Dejeuneau, Anne-Marie Edward, Maud Havanek, Merci Lavanne, Merci Leclerc, Anne-Marie LeMay, Sonia Pelletier, Michelle Richard, Anne saint Arnaud, Annie Turcotte, and Barbara Klutznik-Wojcicki. Fourteen women murdered. Um... 14 years ago, I'm sorry, 24 years ago today, um, they were, uh, I, 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 I really strongly push uh, for women in tech and women in search. And this is why. This is one of the biggest reasons why I'm very, very big on women being involved in the tech industry, and this is one of the reasons I call myself a feminist. I just wanted to note that today. 
Okay, there's not a lot you can say back to that, is there? Uh, no, there really isn't. There really yeah. isn't. I do remember the day. I am old enough, but uh, and it was a tragedy. Yeah, this is usually a, you know, we take a rather humorous look at the news. There's nothing humorous in this one. And on that, um, I'd like to go to our second break of the show. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Edger from Digital Ways Media. You listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We'll be funny in a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Hi there, this is Victor Pitts. I'm the host of Domain Masters, and I want to wish you each a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and again, may you each be the master of your domain. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. And Dave and I really do have to talk as fast as we can for the next 10 minutes because we only have 10 minutes left. So before we jump in, I want to mention one of the one of the great Webmaster Radio shows has returned to the air. Mobile Presence is back, hosted by uh, Joe Walczyk and Kim Dushinsky. It's Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time. Tune in. Um, it really is the year of the mobile. Honestly, we swear this time. Honestly, it is. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kim and Kim and Joe are, just, are are you know fabulous, fabulous mobile marketers. Um, I know I know Kim a lot better than I know Joe, but uh, 
it's a great show, and if you're interested in working in the mobile space, friends, tune in. Okay, what else do we have happening here? You know, I have it on good authority that Brasco's wearing pants today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now, I mean, there's just just so many weird jokes that I... And references I could be making here right now, but I'll just keep those to myself. And Brasco, thank you for wearing pants. Uh, <laughs> just so, so, so everybody knows, um, the studio is located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But obviously, us, you know, our the announcers, we're all around the world, so we're uh, we're actually skyping in to the studio, and Brasco is working in the studio. But today, Webmaster Radio is interviewing for new staff. And so that's where the that's where the joke came in, and I'm really just ragging the puck here. <laughs> now I, I'm going to take us a, a bit back in time. In our, you know what, you took us back in time earlier in yeah. the show. I'm going to take us back in time now, and and I'm going to do something similar to you. I'm going to take us back in time about half an hour to 45 minutes. Um, and you and I had better learn time travel better, because seriously, if we can time travel, we keep going these useless. <laughs> chunks back um but something i I know before the show we were we were talking about and and we looked so far in this show we've covered you know the the history of search engines and you know people can go over to bruce clay and see you know how that's evolved and and all this sort of stuff and and before the show you and i were chatting about how when we used to write reviews oh yeah um, and when we were looking at analysis on sites and and you know when when you and i were heck when i met you and we were first uh well you were first doing an analysis of a site i was working with um uh, before i was an seo um that would have been you know, it was a very very different that, well that's correct and i mean the, the the strategies were totally different back then and i mean what you would do is was it, it looks nothing like what we do today um and so you and i were hey we can we can actually talk about what were some of the differences you know over over years i mean heck with pandas and penguins it's different than it was a year ago um you know what we're dealing with. So what, I guess I'll, I'll start by asking you what what are some of the things that you're looking at right now that maybe a year, two, or three years ago you wouldn't have even thought you would be reviewing in the same way. Social media footprint, straight up social media footprint. Uh, I would have spent a great deal more time on links and on the uh, basically the footprint of any given link or any given questionable link coming into a client site. Hmm. I'd have been going back in my mind thinking of the um, – I think it was the Florida pa- – the, the, the patent document for the, for the Florida update where Google listed like 67 to 70 historic items they look at um, in, in one part of their algorithm. That's right. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of that had to do with the behavior of the website that linked to you and the history of that website. So – I would have spent a great deal of time doing link analysis a couple of years ago, where I probably spend about half the time doing that now, and the other and that other half is now focusing on social media footprint. Now I'm I'm going to ask you that, and this is an opinion we can do, we could debate this and, and bring on another SEO, and we'd have different answers to to hear. Is this a because it has the same weight? Um, right now that you would give links, or is this more a preparation for the future? It's getting stronger every day. Um, you know, Google's learned from links what they need to measure when it comes to social media signals, and soon it's going to be as or more important than a link is. Uh, how, hmm. That's a, as phrased, that's hard to answer. Um, social media footprint is not as important as the link footprint 
is or was. Links are still very important. Like, like I'm not, I'm not discounting the importance of links at all. Although I am discounting the amount of time I spend on them. No, I see social media as a method of a driving traffic, just bringing eyeballs or you know people's people's attention to the website. So oh, that's we crazy talk, Jim. Into the site, we got time on site. We have uh, average average uh, uh, time of visit, number of pages looked at while visiting. These are things that, as an SEO, social media is very important to me. Yeah, there is value in social links, um, in, in just the link itself. But, I mean, it's not the same value as uh, one relevant page to another relevant page. So I'm not focusing on social media so much because I think I'm going to get some great link value out of it. I'm probably not going to get link value out of it unless I can use a social media campaign to prompt somebody to put a link on their own blog or their own website. But I will help improve my clients of several other metrics that I know Google looks at when figuring out the validity of, a, of one page over another. And to me, that's where that's uh, part of the great power of social media. The other, of course, is just distributing message. I mean, they tell two friends, they tell two friends, they tell two friends, and then it gets retweeted. Like, oh my goodness. You know, I, I think you're touching on something, and I, I loved how you answered that, and I think you're touching on something that we often don't think about, and it comes to, you know, a simple example would be title tags, right? Is a title tag a, an SEO factor? Sure it is, but click-through rate is too, and your title tag impacts your click-through rate. Like, and, and I think that's, you touched on that with social media, and I think that's something really important for all of us to remember as we go in, and why social media is important is it's not just about the direct signal itself. It's about the supplemental signals that can be eked from Google out of these things, right? They're, they're seeing these traffic patterns. They're seeing page views. They're seeing stick times. They're seeing, you know, especially if you've got uh, Google Analytics installed. So they've got all of these metrics coming at them. Um, so social media isn't, and I, I think this is what you're saying, but correct me if I'm wrong. It's not just about, hey, it was liked. It's, hey, it was liked. A bunch of people went there. They stuck around. They all viewed three or four pages. You know, a couple of them might even checked out at the shopping cart, right? And these are the signals that you're sending, not just the like or plus one or whatever. And let's remember, our job is to drive traffic. Our job, my job is to, I mean, yeah, I, I want to get, I want to get top 10 ranking because that will drive traffic. <laughs> but right. the goal isn't to get the top 10 ranking just to have the top 10 ranking. It's to drive traffic because those are the folks who buy stuff. And when they buy stuff, I get paid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the goal is really to get money in my own pocket, and that and 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 to do that, I try to make my customers really happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's a great point. If there was more traffic on page four than number four, we'd all be targeting page four. <laughs> like you're right, a, a ranking isn't the end goal. Money is, right, and, and traffic is. And and let's remember. I mean, I I remember saying this years and years and years ago to you in that grave tone of voice. <laughs> our clients might be investing their kids' college money in our services, taking the yeah. gamble that they'll make more money. Or there could be, you know, a small business person. I mean, heck, it's tight. Money's tight, and they're giving it to you to perform a service. <laughs> you better drive them traffic. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. I, 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 you know what? I actually remember that conversation. Um, 
And it, it is very true. I mean, we, we all see it, at least anybody who's practicing SEO for, for other companies. We see it all the time, right? And, and it's interesting, and I know you probably have the same mentality, and you may not be able to take on every client, and there may be clients that only have $400 a month budgets. Yep, you might not be able to take them on, right? Yeah. But... No, that doesn't mean you shouldn't respect their $400 just as much as somebody with 4000 You may not be able to do it. You may not be able to provide the services that they would require um, to, to make something successful. But, you know, I started a business. You started a business. I had about $400 when I did so, right? I know oh, what that money's like, and I know that that 400 to him is worth as much as four grand to somebody else or forty grand to to another person. So. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I wish we had we, – we only got like like 30 seconds to 45 seconds left. I wish we had an hour left because I would love to talk about how we can help those guys, those small businesses that really can't afford our services. But that's that's – I'm afraid that's a topic for another day because, Dave, we've done it. We've, uh, yeah. we've closed out this hour again. <laughs> okay. We're, we're definitely getting the, the news. Uh, news is coming up any second. So, friends – this has been Webcology for the 6th of December, 2012. I want to remind you guys that next Wednesday is 12-12-12. So at 12-12 on 12-12-12, do a little dance or something today because it's the last time you're going to see that kind of date in your entire life. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Pick up the podcast. It'll be posted um, probably within the hour up at webmasterradio.fm's archives. Friends, we'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.